heard something on the roof. What the hell is this? St. Nicholas is not coming this year. Instead, a much darker ancient spirit. Those are hooves. Elk or a goat? What kind of goat walks on its hind legs? His name is Krampus. Welcome back to the Scary Sci-Fi Sluts. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon. And I'm Kenny. Today we're going to be going over Krampus. Or Krampus. I, don't, I actually don't know what the official way of saying it is. Hope we're not offending anybody. Um, and if you're a first-time listener, we pretty much just go through the movie, uh, talk about the plot, and then we talk about things that we thought about or saw, um, and kind of just go over the movie. Yep. Um, so just kicking off here, uh, Krampus, Krampus was directed by Michael Doherty, um, came out in 2015, I believe, uh, December, it was around Christmas time, actually, let me, I want to get the exact date here, it was December 4th, came out, uh, in the U.S., directed by Michael Doherty, Written by Todd Casey, Zach Shields, and Michael Doherty. What are who are some of the stars in this one? Well, we can't leave out the the studios first. Got to give credit to Legendary and Universal, um, and then Zeon Media. I don't know how they got into the. <laughs> yeah, that kind of confused me. I was like looking over their track record, and they've done like three more well-known movies, and not much else. But good for you. As far as cast goes, we have a pretty good cast, um, as long as as well as a few nobodies. Um, we have Adam Scott from Step Brothers, as many people would know. I think more uh, so Tony... from uh, uh, Parks and Rec. I think that's where he he really got big. Oh yeah, that's probably his biggest role. Um, yeah. Tony Collette. I forget who sh- he or she plays. She's. She plays uh, Sarah, the mother, and she's, I think, she's kind of been a somewhat known actress for the past, like, probably 10, 20 years or so. Um, Most recently, she was in Knives Out and Hereditary. Oh, okay. Um, So she's a pretty good actress. All right. I'll give her that. Um, David Koechner, most people know him from The Office. Uh, Who's he playing in the office? <laughs> what is his name in the office? He's the Pac-Man. He's oh. Todd Packer. Oh, boy. Todd Packer. <laughs> um, and Allison Tolman. I know her from Good Girls. Uh, I think she's breaking out um, recently. Uh, I like her as an actress. She's pretty good. Yeah, I actually just uh, rewatched that movie, The Gift. Um, you ever see that one with... Um... Jason Bateman. Oh yeah, she was in that, and I was like, "Oh, hey, recognize her." Do you have any trivia you want to get into before we start? Uh, so just this was something that um, I noticed while watching the movie, and I've seen this movie three times now. Uh, and I this was actually the first time I ever noticed it. There's a scene towards the beginning where you're in Max's room. I think he's talking to his dad, and. I noticed this little doll on his desk and I was like, what is that? That looks really familiar. And when the the camera like hovered on it for 
you know, a couple seconds to where I could really see what it was. I was like, oh shit, that's Gypsy Danger from Pacific Rim. So this dude has, oh, has yeah. a Gypsy Danger doll on his desk. And then after noticing that, I started looking at the pictures on his wall, like all over his bedroom walls. And there's like pictures of Kaiju and pictures of mechs everywhere. And I'm I'm just thinking like this is fucking awesome. It took me three times watching this movie to to actually see that. And um, for those of you who aren't familiar with Pacific Rim, uh, you suck. <laughs> and secondly, um, Pacific Rim was a movie. I think it also came out in 2015, maybe maybe 2016. I'm gonna say 2015. I feel like the first one came out before that let's let's figure out for sure pacific rim it was a oh wow it was 2013 yeah so it came out 2013 it was a guillermo del toro movie also produced by legendary pictures and i think warner brothers i want to say yeah um but that was really freaking awesome movie great movie about basically these big mechs fighting off giant kaiju that have that are trying to destroy the world and if you haven't seen it i would definitely give it a watch it's got some good stars in it like charlie hunnam uh it's got charlie day charlie hunnam hunnam i don't know how to pronounce it's got a uh, idris elba and he's freaking amazing in it uh ron perlman also of hellboy fame so Definitely, definitely worth a watch if you have yet to to see that one. Yeah, what 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 do you got? That was just something I noticed. Oh well, to kind of go off of that, um, this actually tangents into my trivia. But there's also posters from Rick and Morty and Robot Chicken, um, and he's not listed in the cast, but the the voice of the Gingerbread Man is Seth Green, who created <laughs> <What>? Robot Chicken. <laughs> That's so random. <laughs> wow, that's so strange. I wonder if there's a reason, like if there's a connection there. You know, I think at this point, Seth Green just sneaks his way into everything. Um, yeah. If you go on his IMDb, he has like 400 lists or something. Uh-huh. It, it's ridiculous. Damn. So he's like Steven Spielberg. He's just a part of everything. Or James Cameron has his hands in a little bit of everything. Yep. Or RIP Stan Lee. Yep. Stan, the man. Oh, yeah. And um, uh, it was noted that the kid who plays Max um, flirted with every single woman on set. So got a little player what? on set. How old was this kid? <laughs> I don't know how old he was then. Probably like 12 or 15 or something. Oh, yeah. Looking at the pictures of him now, he's he's actually pretty creepy looking. Sorry, dude. <laughs> he, he was born 2003. So that makes him. Oh, my God. He's 17 now, so when making the movie, he was 12 years old. (laughs) Wow, what a player. Yeah. Oh, you know what? That's where I recognize him from. He was also in the movie Chef. Have you seen Chef? Uh -uh. Uh-uh. That's the John Favreau movie where he he plays this this chef that gets uh, fired because he, like, cusses out this this food critic and it gets recorded and blasted all over social media. And then he decides to open up a food truck and it's, it's a really, really good movie. It's got 
Sofia Vergara, John Leguizamo, uh, Robert Downey Jr. He has like kind of like a small cameo role in it. Damn. Really good movie. And then this kid plays John Favreau's son. So it's it's a good watch. All I think right. It's still on Netflix. Uh, what else? What else you got? Keep going. Rapid fire. Oh, I read that one of the only notes that the the producers got was less of the baby crying. I guess it was uh, <laughs> crying nonstop. Well, I guess that explains why you don't hear the baby cry that much in the movie. There was like one scene where the baby was crying. Oh, uh, one thing I, I read that was pretty interesting to me was, so they used, um, I think, baby diaper, like the the stuff that goes on the inside to you to make the snow. They had to do lines inside of a freezer to make the the breath look cold, and they CGI'd it in. Oh, so the actors were reading lines in a freezer. <laughs> yeah, and then they had to like copy it to the to the real scene. Uh, okay. Yeah, so some uh, just some movie effects. Um, nothing else that's too interesting. Well, let's let's take a second to talk about Krampus himself. What a uh... Before watching this movie, what what did you know? What was your background with Krampus? Uh, I think the only time I really looked into this guy was after seeing the trailer. Um, pretty much just from seeing the trailer, I imagine he's the the evil Santa. That's about it. Did you did you know anything about him before Krampus? Uh, no. So I remember watching the trailers for this movie when it first came out must have been you know early 2015 and being really excited because i was like oh hey it's a horror christmas movie you don't get these very often and right seeing the name and like you know you you get some snippets of krampus in the trailer i was like oh shoot what is this i don't know anything about him how have i never heard of this before so i started doing some reading about it and uh i'll always remember i was with my ex one night when we were i think we had just watched a trailer for the movie and i was like doing some reading and i discovered something called uh let's see i believe it's called krampus not and yeah krampus spelled krampus n-a-c-h-t and for those of you who are unfamiliar with with krampus he's he's kind of like a the antithesis of Santa Claus or he's like Santa Claus's assistant is what the, the folklore is. And he goes and he punishes all the bad kids like Santa. (laughs) Basically Santa only wants to give presents and take care of the good kids and all the bad kids. He's like, Krampus, you can go kill him. (laughs) So we jumped straight Uh, from Cole to Krampus. (laughs) Yep. Exactly. I think Cole Cole is just the, uh, you know, the, the, super religious christian you know their their way of teaching it but what they don't want you to know is krampus actually comes around and picks up all those shitty little girls and boys and sends them all to hell jeez but but yeah there's this thing called the krampus knot and it's like this festival that they hold in uh bavaria austria sorry sorry for the culture if i'm i'm butchering where it's actually from bavaria i want to say but there's this big festival where the entire town has this like giant krampus race where everyone dresses up in these terrifying krampus outfits 
and just like runs through the town and I remember sitting there in the living room with my ex watching a video of this just like dying because it was so funny but it was also so <laughs> terrifying like you've got to watch a video of this it's it's seriously so funny but it's so creepy Goodness. and there there are people that live in the town where they like their livelihood is from making Krampus masks isn't that cool that's crazy <laughs> anything else on the lore or um uh well so i have the uh history uh history channel history.com website pulled up here i just want to give give a little blurb on krampus just a little synopsis before we get going into it so on history.com they say uh er, every year in early december children in austria get ready for saint nicholas to visit them if they've been good he'll reward them with presents and treats but if they've been bad they'll get a lot more than a lump of coal they'll have to face krampus Who's Krampus, you ask? He's the half-man, half-goat who comes around every year to chase naughty children and maybe even drag them to hell. I like that maybe. European versions of St. Nick have long had scary counterparts like Belschnickel, which if you've seen The Office, you're also very familiar with Belschnickel, <laughs> and <laughs> Necht Ruprecht, who dole out punishment. I've never heard of Necht Ruprecht. Krampus is one such character who comes from folklore in Austria's Alpine region, where he's been frightening children and amusing adults for hundreds of years. Uh, so it goes on, say, Krampus and St. Nick, has they both have an origin in pagan celebrations. So, sorry, Christians, but not from you guys. You guys stole it. And in Alpine Austria and some parts of Germany... They have a day known as Krampusnacht or Krampus Night, when adults might dress up as Krampus to frighten children at their homes. Children might have also seen Krampus running around the street during a Krampus Sloth. Oh, this is the run, Krampus Sloth. So that's called a Krampus Run. If Krampusnacht was a way to scare kids into behaving themselves, the Krampus Sloth, which isn't tied to a specific, specific day, was a way for grown men to blow off steam <laughs> while probably still scaring kids. Like, how fucked up is that? My goodness. <laughs> says, Austrian men, Austrian men would get drunk and run through the streets dressed as the fearsome creature. <laughs> That's the funniest thing ever. That'd be crazy. Let's see anything else here. That's kind of the the basic gist of it, you know. Over the the past handful of years, especially since the movie, I feel like Krampus has gotten more into to popular culture, gotten a little more more popular. But it's definitely a, a tradition. Um, like a folklore legend creature that's been around for quite a bit of time. Yeah, thought it'd be fun to share a little bit of the background of the Krampus, the Krampus. And ever since Krampus has been released, people have taken off with making remakes, sequels, and all sorts of different iterations. Oh, yeah. There were... Yeah, I actually watched one called, I think it's called Krampus versus Santa Claus. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> It was, it was actually, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be, but it's definitely one of those, like, shitty, cheapo movies. Oh, it's Krampus the Reckoning. I'm pretty sure that's what this one is. Oh, my God. It's got a... Apparently, there was a Krampus the Christmas Devil in 2014 before this one even came out. Was it a low budget? Um, probably. Oh, jeez, probably. 1.6 out of 10. Ooh. <laughs> oh, so... Man. I really want to find out what the name of the one I watched was because it was on like Amazon Prime and sorry Amazon but sometimes you got some really shitty movies 
and a lot of them are like really cheap, low budget movies. And this one had William Shatner in it. So <laughs> I was like, oh, hey, I recognize him. Let's watch it. And it was so bad. So one day when I figure out what, what that one was, I'll let you guys know. I'll update you. All right. Well, you want to jump into the, the plot? Let's see. The movie starts off with a uh, montage of Black Friday where you see everything that happens during the crazy holiday. Uh, shoppers rushing to get their last-minute buys and discounted items. And there's also families trying to get pictures with Santa Claus. Of course, I don't know who does that on Black Friday. That's kind of strange. But we're introduced to the family uh, that consists of Max, the child, who still believes in Santa Claus, even though he's like 15 years old. We have the German grandmother who goes by Omi, I think. That's that's what I got, Omi. Uh, we have the daughter, Beth, super angsty teenager that dates this bad boy who smokes a bong in middle school or high school or whatever <laughs> they are. Uh, the father, Tom or Tommy, played by Adam Scott. And then the mother, Sarah, played by Tony Collette. Throughout the start of the movie, we, we start to see the disparity uh, between this family and then Sarah's uh, sister and brother-in-law come into town for Christmas. So, uh, what is she? What is what is her sister's name? I never even got that down. Is it Linda? Uh, I don't know. It's something. <laughs> I feel like it's Linda. I'm gonna go with Linda. So, uh, Sarah's sister Linda, played by what's her face, uh, Allison Tolman, and then her husband. Howard, played by David Koechner, they come into town and they're the exact opposite of their family. They're redneck hillbillies that carry shotguns and rifles in their truck, in their Humvee. Probably Republican. <laughs> probably. They probably went to all the Trump rallies. Uh, so Linda and Howard have three kids, two twins that are, I'd say, butch, but that's probably not the PC word. I don't. I don't know if you have a better word to describe. Uh, really, uh, they're they're non-binary, um, more manly. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're chicks, twin chicks that could beat any person's ass. They're like wrestlers, and they go hunting and stuff. And then they also have this other kid who's. I don't want to say retarded, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what a better word is. I don't know if he and speaks wait. at all during the movie. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not saying that to be offensive to anyone. I'm just saying it because I don't know a better term. Like, genuinely and literally, he <laughs> he's everything of the word. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't think this kid says a word the entire movie. He just has these like blank stares <laughs> um anyway so we, we see the disparity between the two families and we start to see them clash a little bit and they also show up with their aunt dorothy who is played by the one chick who plays berta in two and a half men i don't know the actress's name but i don't know her from anything else oh yeah um and she's really obnoxious and rude and typical walmart and her grandmother that you would think of. So they're all sitting down for dinner, and the two <laughs> butch cousins <laughs> make... I feel like we're going to get in trouble. We'll get canceled when we get 100 followers. 
they the two cousins, the twins, make fun of Max because he wrote a letter to Santa, and they steal it and start reading it out loud. Max storms off like he's Kevin McAllister. <laughs> he tears up the letter and throws it out the, out of his bedroom window while we begin to see a storm cloud coming towards the house as he swears off Santa and Christmas altogether. The next morning, <laughs> there's a blizzard that knocks out the power. The daughter is worried about her boyfriend because of the blizzard and heads out into the cold, cold storm. And out in the storm, when she's looking for her boyfriend, she sees Krampus land on a rooftop. He chases her down and she hides underneath a truck where a jack-in-the-box appears and it pops up and it pretty much alludes that she dies by this jack-in-the-box. But we don't um, see it. Cuts it away. Yeah, it cuts away pretty fast. Family starts to worry about her and decides to go out and search for her because that works out every time in the movies. <laughs> the family starts to worry about her and decide to go out and search for her. Omi tells Tom it isn't safe and that they should wait, but him and Howard pack up in the Humvee and go out. The radio starts acting up and can't find the signal. They come across a snowplow stranded in the road with the driver presumed dead. Howard whips out some guns, and they search for the boyfriend's house, uh, which looks deserted and snowed in. They find Krampus's hoof track in the house. Back out in the blizzard, their Humvee is destroyed, and Howard gets attacked and bitten. After Howard gets attacked, him and Tom make it back to the house. And that's where they, the family hears sounds upstairs, and Krampus lands on the rooftop. Omi tells him that they need to keep the fire going. So they do so and decide to board up all the windows. Everybody then falls asleep and the fire starts to die out. Krampus drops his hook down the fireplace and his gingerbread man, apprentice, assistant, whatever he is, tempts the fat, <laughs> fat, retarded boy, Howie. <laughs> Howie, of course, he's like Crab and Goyle from Harry Potter. He sees one sweet and he just goes for it. He bites into the gingerbread man and the gingerbread man wakes up and chains the boy up, which Krampus then pulls him directly up the chimney. While the family is trying to save Howie from being pulled up the chimney, a log rolls out of the fireplace and lights the tree on fire, causing a massive fire in the living room. The grandma Omi tells everyone that Krampus is coming and tells them all the story of her encounter with Krampus when she was a child. Fuck. Do you remember what happens? Like, what, what do they tell in the flashback? Like, So essentially, he took all of her family and left her... Um, was it because she wished for them to go away? Or she stopped believing Christmas? It was essentially the same thing. It was, it was like she had a bad experience and was all moody and um, just wanted it all to, to be better, I guess. So with Krampus in her childhood, something happened in her childhood. We don't, we don't remember, but... Essentially, the whole town got killed or something. Her parents died because uh, most likely she stopped believing in Christmas because there was like war and famine or something. People were fighting over food. And so Krampus came by, took her parents, and then left her a little Krampus bell, which she then shows to the family that she still has. Krampus's minions terrorize the family. Scary Krampus elves bust in and they take Howard and Dorothy. Everybody tries to make, everyone else tries to make for the snowplow, but Omi stays behind to face Krampus. They all get picked off one by one until it's just Max. Krampus gives Max his ripped up Santa letter wrapped around a Krampus bell. Max confronts Krampus and tells him to take him and give back his family. He drops Max in hell 
and Max wakes up in a snow, a normal snowy morning. Krampus has them in a snow globe. They did. <laughs> and the end. That is Krampus. All right. There's a lot of stuff in between here that we need to talk about. Um, so let's get into it. Yeah, just just starting off, I thought it was a really good opening with the the Black Friday shopping and like the slow slow Christmas music. I, I thought it was a pretty accurate re- representation of what it was like for for shoppers and workers, like a literal hell basically. Like people were trampling over each other and people were getting hit and just absolute chaos. Oh yeah, that's that's Black Friday in the good old days. Right, normal Black Friday. <laughs> Now I just do it for my computer. Yeah, it's not the same. You know, it's it's not the same. It'll never be the same. No. Like you remember us camping out in high school. We camped out at Best Buy in like twenty degree temperatures to get stuff on Black Friday. Oh yeah, that was the that was the fun of it all. It was part of the chase, right? You know, standing out there like an idiot when everyone else is at home, like eating Thanksgiving dinner, hanging out with their family, you're standing out and just trying to save 30 bucks on a TV. <laughs> Starting back at the the beginning. So this grandma only speaks German. Um, picked that up until pretty much halfway through the movie when she decides to speak English. Yeah, and of course the Aunt Dorothy, the chick from the lady from Two and a Half Men, she points out like, oh, she speaks English. I knew it. <laughs> It was kind of strange. Like, how, how convenient, Grandma. And then, oh, I can't remember if it was this family or if it was one at the Black Friday. Um, but there was a pervy Santa that, like, looked over the daughter. Yeah. No, it's when the mom is, like, adjusting the pictures. And she sees the Santa's, like, looking over at the daughter's ass. Oh, my gosh. I just wrote down pervy Santa. <laughs> and, you know... I don't remember the last time I, I took pictures with a Santa Claus. It's probably when I was like five years old or something, but I'm sure there's a lot of sick dudes in those outfits. Oh gosh. Hey, come sit on my lap, random children. And then probably one of the the craziest scenes ever is in the beginning when the little girl slash man boy um, is reading Max's letter to Santa. So I wasn't paying the best attention. And then I looked back, and that's when I noticed that the family is sitting there as well. So they're just letting this girl read the list. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're all pretty shitty people. <laughs> yeah, they're just letting it happen. And I was like, this is so traumatizing for this kid. Seriously, because then she like, she like, he writes in his letter and she reads out loud that he's like, oh, I wish mommy and daddy would just love each other or something. And, and then... Of course, it shows the dad, Adam Scott's character, just sitting there, like, not doing anything, just like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's right. And then she continues to read about, uh, you know, the the hillbilly parents and how, like, basically... They wish they had boys. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, oh, they do not wish we were boys! <laughs> As they're dressed up with hats and... Yep. Camouflage. Shirts. <laughs> yeah. Anything else around this time? I like that, um, yeah, when they first introduced the the Hillbilly family, I thought it was a it was a pretty good job. Like, I, I like that they introduced that, that, um, you know, you have these two sisters, and they're both from, like, different worlds, basically. One is, 
lives in the rich, fancy house, and we don't know what anyone does for work, but I'd, I'd be interested to find out, like, you know, what do these these rich people do, and then what do these hillbillies do, and you see how, how different they are, and of course. Yeah, interesting choice to not um, go into that storyline. Yeah, I feel like they, it just wasn't that type of movie. Like, if it was a smarter movie, it'd probably be, you know, any smarter, more in-depth writers would have added a little bit more. Yeah, they were they were already cut for time, too. Um, it could have easily been two hours if they got into all that. Yeah. Well, wait, how long was this movie? I thought it was like... I thought it was like an hour 30. Uh... I want to say it's like two hours, dude. Oh, shoot. You're right. It's an hour and 38. Wow. I thought it was like, yeah, I thought it was like two hours. Holy shit. Uh, Yeah, so definitely not enough time for for whatever they were trying to do with this movie to add more backstory like that. But I do like that Dave Koechner, he basically plays the exact same character that he plays in The Office. He he plays Todd Packer. Yeah, I don't... I hate to say it, but I think he's... He's typecasted for the rest of his life. Yeah. Well, I wonder is like maybe that's his choice. Is this are these the roles that he likes to play? Is this his actual personality? I've heard him on a podcast once, um, and he doesn't talk like he does in these characters. Um, but I, I think it is like just a choice that he does that's easy for him. Yeah. And then I, I, I just made a note of Aunt Dorothy from Two and a Half Men, that she's a typical white trash aunt looking to get hammered. One thing I, I will say, just kind of as the about the movie as a whole, is I don't really understand the casting choices. Um, I, I don't know how you felt about this, because Adam Scott, he's primarily like a comedic actor. I, I don't know if he wanted this role so that he could step out from the comedy and try to do something serious. But I didn't get anything from him being cast. What's weird is it lists it as a comedy on IMDb. It, it sort it of is a comedy. Have on it. Oh, it doesn't? No. Oh yeah. It says comedy, comedy, drama, fantasy. So that's what was kind of weird to me. Um, I thought they did a really good job and it was, it was very in the middle, but I just don't know if I fully like how how they went about things because like it wasn't full comedy and it wasn't full horror. Yeah, so it was. I I really don't know what type of movie they're trying to go for here because they're they're casting all these like mostly comedic actors: Dave Koechner, um, Adam Scott, and uh, Jill What's Her Face, and then the the chick who plays Aunt Dorothy, like these are all people you know from regular like comedy shows and stuff, but they're not really comedic. Like, I don't know if it's just bad writing or or what it was. People were pulling favors. If this was like, hey, I'm friends with this person. Let's just get them in this movie. Like, I really don't understand the casting choice because the writing should have reflected the actors, if that makes sense, or yeah. vice versa. Yeah, and I feel like they they should have had someone who was more heroic um, as one part and then only like maybe one comedian. So I feel like David Koechner could have been replaced with the jock type who has all those guns. I was thinking like Nicolas Cage. Oh, that would be sick. <laughs> I think that'd be way better. Yeah, like go dark with it. Crackpot hillbilly. <laughs> 
But I, I really, the, I think the the casting that I disagree with most because I didn't get anything out of was was Adam Scott. I just don't really don't understand why he was cast as the lead. It was it was yeah, awkward. He did he brought nothing to the table. He was really bland. And there's there's this moment kind of towards the end of the film where he's like, I think Howard's hurt. And so he's saying he needs to go out and get the, the snow plow. And he's like, Shepard's got to protect his flock. And I was like, you ain't protecting nobody, dude. You weigh like a <laughs> buck 20. He was cringing through that line. <laughs> yeah, it just, it just didn't fit. It was so strange. So moving along through the movie, we learn a little bit more about, you know, both of the both sides of the family, a little bit more about the kids and Max believing in Santa Claus. And how old do you think this kid was supposed to be? Because I thought he was like 13, I don't know, 14 or so. And he's, I feel like they want him to be like 10. I guess. I, I'm not really good with aging kids. So may, maybe he was supposed to be that age. I don't know. When did you believe in, in Santa Claus until? Oh, Dude, Brian ruined it for me at like five. <laughs> as soon as you came out of the womb. Hey, he ain't real. Uh, I got no idea. Yeah, I, I definitely don't think. I think kids don't hang on to the Santa Claus idea for that long, which I guess kind of plays into to the story because everyone's making fun of him for still believing, but. I feel like, it, I don't know, he should have been a little bit younger. Well, I, th- crazy. I think you might be right with how old he was because there was a scene where he, he pretty much admits to not believing in him, but he was like, I just want to keep it going for the, the little kids, you know? You know, after after they have their squabble at the dinner table and he like swears off Christmas and says he like hates everyone, I'm like, so is this going to be a Home Alone adaptation or something? Is he mm-hmm. Is he going to be... Kevin McAllister and then wishes family family's gone. And in a way it kind of is. It's the darkest twisted version of Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> Where all of his family gets killed and picked off one by one as opposed to just flying off without him. I would I would definitely have loved to see a paint can go to Krampus's face. <laughs> or one of his uh they should have done that as a Easter egg, like some of the the traps and stuff that the family could set for for Krampus's assistance. I wish they did that. Harry. <laughs> yeah, we 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 just rewatched that like last week and it's god, it's so good. Oh, for like, for the listeners out there, you have to go watch um Doctors Review the Injuries. And it's the funniest thing ever. Where they just do that movie. Yeah, they do both and they they review how many times they would have died. Oh, yeah. I mean, the first one alone like god, there's so much shit. Poor guys. I know. Kevin should, he should A, see a fucking psychotherapist and B, be locked up for, for manslaughter. Um, so along the lines of also stealing from other movies, uh, have you seen Tremors? Uh-uh. Okay, so that's a movie about um, kind of like these warm things that are like monsters and they they travel through the ground. Um, it's what I thought of when it was at like 37 minutes. Um I think Krampus is like traveling through the ground and it looks like a, like a worm. Um, but they, they really stole from like a whole ton of different movies. It felt like. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I feel like it's, you know, it, it's a movie that's definitely not taking itself too seriously or maybe isn't supposed to be. I, I don't know. I think it's so, like the magic of, 
of Krampus, and like that's kind of the theme. Like he can do whatever he wants. Yeah, I mean, I I made a note that when you see him, I think when Beth is uh, searching for her boyfriend, she's out in the snow, and then she she finally sees Krampus, you know, land on the rooftop, and then he jumps around to another rooftop. I made a, a note that that reminded me of uh, how the Hulk jumps. Do you remember seeing oh my the, gosh. the 2003 Hulk movie with Eric Bana? Yeah. Dude, I, I always thought when I was a kid watching that, the way Hulk jumps is so, like, so badass, and he just, like, flies around, and that, that just that reminded me of it. So destructive. I thought, I, I actually really liked Krampus's design. How'd you, how'd you feel about it? I thought it was really creepy. Yeah, they, they put a lot of thought into it. Um, they, they definitely went all out for that. I'll give them an A+. Plus. It's very unique because it's, it's, I'd say from looking at, you know, pictures of Krampus on the internet, it's like, it's kind of a, a blend. It's like a smorgasbord of a bunch of different styles and interpretations of Krampus. Um, but I, I like that they kind of did their own thing with it. Yeah, he's, he's like this old, creepy old dude, long Dumbledore hair, and he's got this like, fucking disgusting tongue that reaches out like 10 feet i love that he's wearing a, a santa claus mask is it a mask uh, is that I, his face uh, i think that was one of the things that was left up in the air <laughs> i think that's his face bro don't be rude oh, he's got the droopy eye <laughs> <laughs> yep yeah i uh one of the notes i made is uh he looks like he's santa claus on lsd and bath salts <laughs> Oh no! Yeah, but overall, I, I really liked his design. I thought it was it was pretty intimidating. Like he was massive. Um, I don't know if you you got much out of the the audio, but whenever he like, whenever he stepped, you know, with his hooves, you could really hear it and feel it, like vibration in the like my uh, subwoofer really like kicked it out. I felt every step he took. Oh yeah. And every time his, his um he has these bells attached to his jacket or whatever that jingle around and I, I thought the sound design, sound mixing for that was really, really good. The editing was really good. Um I really enjoyed the the camera and also the um just the lighting in general when it, it started to get dark. Um because they really moved things into like this darker image. Yeah, so <clears throat> it's it's interesting because a lot of movies they'll they make things look darker because it's like cheaper, I think, because they they don't have to use as much like special effects and CGI to to make things look good. So dark kind of covers a lot of imperfections. Um, so it, it definitely works for this movie. Like it adds to the tone, and I will say the effects in that department don't look that good. Like you can tell it's, you know, in post-production, they made it everything super dark and snowy and, and the blizzard and stuff. Um, I feel like it could have looked. So for you, it, look, it kind of looks like they just took the cheap way out. Yes. I, I think they spent most of their time, most of their money, most of their efforts in the creature design. Cause the creature design is really good. Like for, for Krampus, for all of his assistants, like the Jack in the Box, the Elves, the Gingerbread, I feel like that was, it looked so good in all of the assistants. But 
landscape wise, background wise, I feel like they they kind of cheaped out a little bit. All right. Um, okay. Well, two two things I really want to talk about. Um, first thing, we got to talk about how giant that flashlight is on his shotgun. <laughs> yeah, probably weighs like <laughs> six pounds. Good God. And then how dark and twisted that attic scene was, the fight scene. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's it, it's so messed up. She gets hung by Christmas lights, which is amazing. Yep. By this scary, like, one point, bird girl doll thing. Like, I don't even know what the hell it is. Someone stabs one of the monsters with an icicle, which is pretty sick. Yep. I think, that, I think that's a reference to uh, Black Christmas, where one of the characters gets <laughs> killed by a icicle. Oh, man. By a... Yeah, one of those. And then there's that, that, that huge jack-in-the-box. That thing is, I think, is the scariest creature in the entire movie. The one where, like, the, the the little black eyes move around and the mouth opens up like Predator. That thing is so terrifying. Like, who in their fucking messed-up head can come up with this? It's it's so cool. It looks like they took one of the bears from uh, Five Nights at Freddy or whatever that game <laughs> yeah. was. Yep, I see the resemblance. Um, one of my favorite scenes was definitely the hook coming through the fireplace. Yeah. That was just so creepy and like... Yeah, that, the I thought that was actually was a really well done like horror shot because, you know, I guess technically this movie isn't categorized, at least based on IMDb, as horror, but I, I feel like it was trying to, to do that. It was trying to be a, a horror comedy, but clearly it, it yeah. didn't do the horror very well, but I feel like this this shot right here was, it was, it was pretty scary. Like the way the camera was positioned, the lighting, uh, I really liked that they had the Christmas music in the background that slowly, like you knew it was going to, the just going to cut out because the iPad battery was dying. Uh, so mm-hmm. it, it added a really good effect in the background there. So it was definitely a good shot. Speaking of the iPad, did you notice what, uh, one of the kids was playing? No. I think it was the twins at one point. This is a little bit earlier in the movie. They're playing Dead Space on the iPad. Oh. I thought that was so badass. Oh, jeez. Dead Space. I wonder wonder what the connection Creepy is. Creepy in its own. Yeah. But th- there has to be some type of connection. Like maybe somebody on the set worked on the Dead Space game or something along those lines. But I just thought that was really cool. I don't know. They're pulling some deep cuts here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Do you have any favorite lines from the movie? Uh, I don't remember the exact line. I, I think it was, it was when they're all huddled up around the fire, and then, uh, I think Sarah tells Aunt Dorothy to take the kids into the kitchen, and she was Aunt Dorothy like takes everyone in there, and she's like, "All right, let me show you how to make peppermint schnapps," <laughs> and. and She's sitting at the table <laughs> drinking peppermint schnapps, and I was surprised with how little of the uh, the schnapps she actually put in there, the, the the peppermint liqueur, and then she of course drinks it and passes it around the table. I thought that was funny. She gives it directly to the, the, <laughs> the kid. stupid kid. <laughs> oh my so God. my one of my favorite lines was right before this by Aunt Dorothy. And she says, I never liked kids, even when I was one. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she she got a couple good lines there, but I don't know. Sometimes it, it just felt like it didn't really fit with the rest of the movie. No, and then David Koechner got in, uh, Merry Christmas, motherfucker. Except he didn't actually get to say the fuck part, because Aunt Dorothy already took the fuck. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah For whatever reason, movies only get one fuck. <laughs> oh, I did read that they had to... They reduced it from R to PG-13 just to get it greenlit. Oh, yeah. Which, Probably, when, that, uh, when that happens, you might as well just scrap your movie. It's not worth it. Yeah, because what's funny is they usually do that in an attempt to you know, have a bigger audience to, to get it so that if it's PG-13, more, you know, kids can go see it. High schoolers can go see it. You're going to make way more money. But I actually thought this movie weighed, made way more than it, I than, I thought it made way more than it actually did. So looking at the budget here, the box office, uh, it says it was an estimated $15 million to make, and then the, the worldwide gross was only $61, which... I mean, if you're looking at just dollars and cents, that's really significant. Like, they made a lot of money off of it. But usually, right. kind of cheap... Horror movies are really cheap to make. And I, I expected to see something in, like, the $250 million range. Or, like, the... I don't know, I don't know 200 to $300 million range. I, I thought it was way more. Um, so even though this was technically... They, you know, they turned a lot of profit. They made back... What is that? Four times what they spent. Mm -hmm. I just thought it, it would have made a lot more. So, yeah, uh, when they change movies from rated R, or they have like directors cut that are rated R, and they change it to PG thirteen, it's usually to to make it so that they can recoup most of the the finances. Well, and what I do like is now um, after twenty fifteen, um, with the release of Deadpool two, we're realizing. When are we going to stop pretending that kids aren't seeing R-rated movies? Like, keep the R rating, make it a better movie, and they're still going to see it. Well, Deadpool sucks, so... Okay, well, uh, we're not going to get into that. Um, just release well, movies in rated R. They, well, they they did the money grab, though. They, like, re-released it, the Christmas edition or whatever, and made it PG-13. Oh, wow. Do you remember that? No, I don't remember. That's a pretty... pretty movie. Yeah. yeah, they did it. For exactly that reason, they they sold out. Like they recut the movie, made it PG thirteen, and put it back in theaters, and called it the Christmas edition. I haven't seen Deadpool two, so I, I just assume they're both shit. Yeah, they just did it to to get the extra bucks, which I think is really kind of shitty. All right, well, I, I take back everything. Um, <laughs> how you will. Um. Uh, I I liked when they did the flashback for the grandma, even though for some reason I can't remember the actual context of what was going on. I like the claymation or whatever. Did it remind me of Coco? I haven't seen Coco, but... Neither have I, but it reminded me of Coco. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it reminded me of uh, like Coraline or Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I would actually watch an entire movie in just that, that style. I thought it was so good. Like I almost wish the entire movie was made in that style. Yeah, I wonder how much less it would have been to make the movie for that. I don't know. It would have taken way longer, though. I yeah. know that. Oh, I love that the dog gets to eat one of the, the gingerbread men. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I knew that, you know, they kind of foreshadowed it, the lazy, fat dog <laughs> doing nothing the entire movie. I, I knew she was going to get her moment. So, uh, Speaking of the dog, actually, did you notice in the credits, you see the dog, a picture of the dog, and it says Thor? Oh. <laughs> so, I don't, I don't know what was going on behind the scenes. Maybe it was uh, the dog wanted to, to play a female in the movie. What did you think was the most disturbing thing like creature scene 
shot death oh off the top of my head um i guess something along the lines of the the attic scene um all that was pretty disturbing yeah i i really liked the i think the jack in the box when it was clapping i don't remember what it was clapping for but do you remember that it's so uncomfortable like it's so unsettling it's just sitting there with its big white face small black eyes and just clapping like and i'm like oh god that is so creepy that is oh it's awful i thought that was pretty gross um what are your your kind of final impressions with anything else that stood out or uh, anything else before we rate it yeah so how how i do this was i kind of i wrote down some pros and some cons um overall I did like the movie, um, and I remember the hype for it when it first came out. Like I remember hearing good reviews or you know decent reviews for a, what looked like a cheap holiday horror movie, and uh, I remember hearing a little bit about the box office, but I guess I remembered that wrong. And one of the one thing that was interesting to me that really drove me to see the movie was I've never heard of Krampus before. And I was like, what is this? It sounds really cool. So I did some more, you know, research on it. And then that really pulled me in and I got me excited about the movie. And so, yeah, overall I thought, I thought it was good. I, I liked it. It's entertaining. There's some really good visual effects and I think has some really, really good creature design. I think that was definitely the best part of the entire movie was the creature design. They, the team that worked on their, their effects, the designs, uh, even like just working with like the, the sound editing team, whoever did that, like it, it just all worked so well. And cinematography was okay. Uh, the camera work, they did a couple things here and there that, that were pretty neat, but overall I'd say it was, the rest of it was pretty bland, pretty boring. Um, and it, it serves as a dumb, fun holiday movie. Um, then getting into some cons, uh, we kind of mentioned this already, but I thought the acting was really strange. I guess I don't, I don't really have a good way to put it besides strange. And like I said earlier, I, I just, I don't know if this is due to like just bad acting or bad script writing or a combination of the both like bad directing maybe the director didn't know how to use these comedic actors um which is it's so weird because the director also was a co-writer of the movie and i don't know it just there there was something missing from the acting and so i i haven't after watching it three times i haven't been able to decide if it's the writing the acting or the or the directing of the actors um and the actors seem like they're trying to be serious but they also didn't take being serious seriously if that makes sense like the film couldn't decide if it was trying to be a horror movie or a comedy or a fantasy and right. to me that made it kind of fail at all of those things um yeah i i'd be interested to to figure out to learn more about why all these comedic actors were cast with these roles and then they weren't really given moments to to shine and use their their comedic background um so yeah stories mediocre and i wanted to see a little bit more of krampus 
I, I like that they kind of tease him for most of the movie and you see little snippets. I guess it's sometimes that's better than showing too much of it. Um, but yeah, what about you? What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, so I mostly agree with all that. Um, I'm very indifferent on this. Uh, it's definitely entertaining. Um, it's worth the watch. And I definitely liked it. I, I just don't know how I feel about it being not horror and not all the way comedy. Like they, they, they definitely messed up in not knowing like what they were doing. Yeah. They should have um, leaned heavily on one of those things and had like sprinkles of something else, you know? Well, and I remember from the trailer when it came out, I, I feel like I remember it being coming across as a horror and you, yeah, that's what I thought going into it thinking like, Oh, this is going to be scary as shit. And it's going to be sick. Um, and then you watch it and it's like, what is going on? Yeah. So, so I don't know. Um, I'm indifferent. Uh, it's definitely entertaining though. Um, what, what is your, uh, what's the, what would you say are the highlights and then the, the low points? What do you think is the weakest point? So weak point definitely being, um, casting and the direction. Yeah. Uh, high points, I guess, entertainment um it's it's got some fun moments and then some cool gore porn to it um i don't know if you could really give this movie too many high high points like yeah i don't know it's all pretty mediocre yeah it's just uh you got nothing to do watch it (laughs) (laughs) exactly like if it came on tv i would probably watch it like i wouldn't I wouldn't pass it. Yeah, like I, I can't really pinpoint anything that like I need more of that or things that like mm-hmm. extremely stood out. It's just it's Krampus. <laughs> yep. Hey, I will say though, I would watch a movie of his little minions running around killing people. That I would watch. Well, no, I want a crossover of Home Alone and Krampus. <laughs> For, uh, the minions versus uh, Macaulay. I was gonna say he uses them, but that too. <laughs> okay, we we got a couple sequels set up here. Yeah, uh, legendary Warner Brothers come at us. Universal come at us. <laughs> we'll write it for this. cheap. <laughs> um, all right. So then, uh, what is your rating? One out of ten. So I definitely didn't do this before uh, coming to the podcast. So this is on the fly. Uh. I don't know, I'd give it like a six and a half if I'm being generous. Oh, hey, that's exactly my score. <laughs> and I really wish we had those subcategories uh, laid out already because, yeah, like, I don't know, like comedy, I'd give it like a 6.8, maybe closer to seven. Yeah. Horror, like a zero. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's in the middle. Um, yeah. Entertainment wise, if you've already gone through all the Christmas movies, I'd give it like a eight or a nine, like as far as a go watch it because it's worth it. Uh, what do you give it? Yeah, so six and a half exactly. Um, yeah, if it's like I don't regret watching the movie. Like I, I usually watch it around Christmas time. I, I feel like for the past few years, I've I've watched it around Christmas time. Um, because it's it's kind of like any other Christmas movie. Like, I, I hate to say it, like, for sorry to all the Christmas movie fanatics who are like, oh, those are the best movies ever. I'm sure they're out there. But 
Christmas movies are just movies that you put on because it's that time of year, and there's, you know, it's it's fun. It's entertaining. You get something out of it. You you sit down for an hour and a half, and you, you kind of have mindless fun. It's like watching a Transformers movie. You, you know what you're getting into. You know it's the story is probably not going to be that great, and acting is usually just passable, but it's like something about watching Christmas movies during Christmas time just like adds to the the whole environment, adds to the air, you know, and Krampus fits directly into that. I would, you know, like I said, if it came on TV and it's the holiday time or just any time of year, if it popped on TV, I'd probably watch it. Like, I don't really lose anything from watching it. Now, that being said, um, we did have to rent it for four dollars. Um, would you? <laughs> so we did lose. Would money. you pay money for this movie, or would you only watch it if it was on YouTube? I don't know. If it's like you know, we we rented it for a couple bucks. I think that's that's fine. Okay. Like, would I? Would I go out and buy the four K rendition of it? No. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we did not buy it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's you know, it, it's a Christmas movie. It's passable. It's I. I feel like we deserved more, like we deserved better with with the the cast and um we we actually didn't mention this before, but uh Michael Doherty, he went on to then direct uh Godzilla King of the Monsters. So I, I, I see how Legendary and Warner Brothers picked him up for that movie because this this movie had you know, it took care of the creatures really, really well. So I thought he was a good fit for, for Godzilla. But uh, yeah, I, I expected more going into it. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, anything else you want to talk about before we wrap it up? Well, uh, just real quick. Uh, today we are recording this. It is uh, Sunday, December 20th, so five days before Christmas. Uh, oh, wait. No, actually, I'm not going to say that. Because we're going to, I'm going to have this, I'm going to drop this on Christmas Day. So let me change that. Uh, we are recording this live Christmas Day, December 25th. <laughs> so happy Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy animals. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. I hope right after everybody finishes watching Wonder Woman 84, because it's streaming live Christmas Day, the first thing you do. You better listen to our damn podcast. We'll hunt you down and find you if you don't. Um, besides that, yeah, I mean, any any uh, new stuff coming out? Anything that just dropped besides Wonder Woman, of course, on uh, Christmas Day? Not that I can think of. Um, I want to wrap this up quickly, but uh, just to go over it quickly um, – Mandalorian just finished up uh, their season, and it was pretty epic. Uh, they finished it by revealing Luke Skywalker, um, played by Mark Hamill. Hey, 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 spoilers, bro. Oh, spoiler in three, two, one. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, we, we got to do spoiler alerts for people so they can dip the fuck out. Um, yeah, I did. I haven't watched it, but I've, I've seen pictures i've seen a little snippet of of luke skywalker skywalker doing the um the darth vader from rogue one thing yeah um disney disney did just announce that they're they're going to be coming out with eight new series for marvel and star wars so it's going to be 
pretty big moving forward. Yeah, uh, they actually announced that Hayden Christensen is going to be back in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show playing Darth Vader, I'm which psyched. is so cool. <laughs> so sick. Like, he got shafted so hard because of <laughs> George Lucas's terrible writing. Oh, he's the best, though. Yeah. Um, they also teased uh, the book of Boba Fett. That's going to be coming out. Is that... Wait, the book? Is that a show or is that a book? No, that's what they call the um, the Mandalorian series. So like they call it like chapters and books and whatever. Oh, so he's getting his own show. Yep. That's pretty badass. Good for him. Finally. He was supposed to get a movie years ago, but I guess that officially got scrapped then. They're doing a show. Yeah, but good things coming for the series. So hop on the Disney Plus train. Yep. Uh... Yeah, I, I saw. I don't know if you saw the trailer for uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm so oh, hyped for that. Yeah. That looks really good. Everything else, I'm kind of meh. Like, I don't really <laughs> give a shit about Loki. I don't really give a shit about Hawkeye. Oh, Hawkeye uh, can go screw off. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's the only one I'm really excited for. Yeah, anything else? Anything else good? Anything new? I think that's it. Listen to listen to Krampus. Um watch Wonder Woman. That's it. Yeah, and you know, watch watch Krampus. You can rent it on Amazon for I think it's four dollars and uh let us know in the comments. Let us know what you think of it. If our opinion sucks, if we got it right on the T, if we got it right on the money, let us and know. And hit us up on Facebook. We're trying to get more involved on there, so Leave some comments. Hey, not just Facebook. We got Facebook. We got Twitter. We got Instagram. Uh, we're on right now. If you want to stream us, you can listen to us on the Podbean website. Uh, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Pretty much DM every- us while we're not famous. What? <laughs> DM us while we're not famous. Oh, so we yeah. can respond. Yeah, that's smart because, you know, Give it a week or so. We'll be blown up left and right. Can't get back to you. Yeah, all right. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Um, I think this was a pretty good episode, so thanks for listening through, especially if you listened all the way to the end. Um, and I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you have any criticisms, let us know. Uh, leave us a review. We could really use those. Um, and we really appreciate the feedback. So until next time. And we don't have an OnlyFans yet. So right now we rely on our Patreon. That's a hard yet. (laughs) I know. It's desperate times, man. (laughs) Um, But until next time, stay scary and stay sexy. It's the most wonderful time of the year With the kids jingle bells Merry Christmas! Looks like Martha Stewart threw up in here.